0: This week on The In Swinger. They don't sack immediately. Yeah. You know, Ollie was there for a while. Everybody gets some time, and I think Ten Hog will get that time. They're going to come out to those Geordies with their shirts off, with their flags, and they're going to be bricketing. Deitch is right. This is the narrative, the story, that the team needs to start changing. The problem is, this was
1: sh- supposed to eliminate human error, but it's actually just providing more opportunity for human error. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the In Swinger, episode five of season three. I'm Charlie DiMatteo, joined by Harrison McGlashan. Controversy aplenty uh, this weekend in the Premier League. Some massive results for some smaller teams, some shock results for some big teams. Uh, We're going to get into all that as well as Champions League previews from from games coming up today and tomorrow. Uh, So let's get right into it. Um, Spurs hosted Liverpool. Spurs off of a good result in the North London derby. Have a terrible record against Klopp and this Liverpool team. Uh, What did you make of the result? And we'll get into the controversial offside ruling and the audio um, that was released. But in the end, Spurs come away with, with three big points.
0: Yeah, massive win for Spurs, but unfortunately, the story of the game is VAR. I think we have to address it. First off, the red card for Curtis Jones. I think it's soft for me, personally. I think, you know, with the slow motion, it's tricky, right? Because the more you slow it down, the worse it looks. But I think, I just think that rule should be looked at, because when you play it in real time, like, he gets something on the ball. Yes, it studs up. And I don't think studs up should be, you know, less than yellow. But I think a challenge like that, it's just, it's harsh for me that he gets sent off the pitch for something like that. So that was number one controversy. I'm sure people have different opinions on this, but me personally, I just thought the more you do freeze frames and you slow it down, like, yeah, that one freeze frame yeah. looks bad, but he's not coming in at tons of speed. No. And, I, and I think that has to be looked at. So. I didn't think the challenge was worthy of a red. And then the Luis Diaz goal. I mean, ridiculous. They released the audio of the, the conversation between the VAR officials, the fourth official um, today, which was really interesting. And they knew they got it wrong. And they couldn't stop the game for some reason. And that's what's confusing to yep. me. I get it. It's in the rules. Once it's official, it's official. But surely, surely when the ball goes out of the play, they can say, hold on, ref, we, 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 just, we got it the wrong, the wrong way around. It, it's a goal. And then just go. Right, yeah. I mean, especially because
1: like there was a free kick awarded. You could have stopped it there. Yeah,
0: nothing ha- really happened between when they resumed and when they and when they were making the call. So I, I don't really get it why they couldn't have just said. And the, I, the VAR was like I can't do it. I can't do it. I was like why not? <laughs> you and know, said, I, I just I, that like you make the rules <laughs> sit well with me. Um, and I'm not just sure what happened. It was clearly miscommunication. Like they knew it was onside and they said onside and they were like okay onside. Oh no, offside. Oh, wait. You yeah, know, it was just like just it was a, a total shambles. Yeah. Miscommunication. So that's just really poor. And that kind of yeah, I mean, it just set the tone, right? I mean, Liverpool did really well to dig in with ten men, eventually nine men, and at the end, I mean Spurs, the own goal for Matsup, you feel for him there. But so that's Spurs get a great game. Spurs played really well. They were up a man, you know, and it's just, I would have loved to have seen that game 11 aside for 90 minutes. I think it could have been a different outcome. Uh, We would have seen a lot more from Liverpool, obviously, but you know, you have to give Spurs some credits, the credit they dug in, they got it done. They played their stuff even when it was 11 v 11. So again, more of the same really from Ange's side, Uh, but it was really even, you know, look, you look at the first half numbers, uh, nine shots for Spurs, four on target. Ten for Liverpool, three on target. One big chance per team. So really, really even. Would have loved to have seen it for ninety minutes, but it just wasn't meant to be on the day. And if you're Liverpool, you're fuming. I would be too. So just unfortunate for them.
1: Yeah, I think with this game, you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, a pinch of salt, if you're if you're Spurs, because. Yes, you got the three points against a team you've massively struggled against. Yes, this Liverpool team had been unbeaten for you know, I think over fifteen games going back to the last season, so it's a big three points. But the way in which they got it, it just seemed a bit like they needed that the man advantage because they played their stuff when it was even, and they obviously they went up. Um, but I just struggled with it's a win, but the context is so key because if you look at the VAR decision. With the offside, that goal should have been given. Uh, you know, you touched on the controversy there. And then with the red card, you know, Jones rolls over the ball, which leads to that impact. It's not like he, he went straight in. It, like, he, he hit the ball, he rolled over it, and, and you take that free statement and it doesn't look good. Um, from a morale standpoint, I don't think actually Liverpool will be too disheartened with this result because of the way they played down ten men, not nine men even, defensively. They got a goal, a man down. Yeah, because the struggle... With Liverpool, we had discussed is, okay, they're going to score a lot of goals, but their defense needs to, you know, hold up their end of the bargain. And I think even though they have 10 men and nine men, and sometimes it's actually easier to defend that way because you know you're just sitting in, that's all it is they'll take some confidence in knowing that they have the defensive capabilities against a solid offensive team like Spurs to stay in games even when they're down a man. So when they're at 11 men, they're at full strength, there should be no worries about their defensive capabilities. Um, But as far as Spurs go, it's another huge win, I think, for their morale, for the morale of the fans to do this against Liverpool, a team, like I've said, they've struggled so much against. It's a big three points for them. It just is. Um, But uh, there's also one thing I want to quickly touch on in that Liverpool are basically asking for this game to be like replayed or something like that, which would open just a, a huge can of worms. That yeah. will not happen because no. then every team could go back and look at an incident that they've been hard done by and the PGMOL has like apologized to them for. Um, do you think that because it's Liverpool, it's somehow different because they are such a big team and they do hold so much weight?
0: Of course it is. That
1: something could, that something could change because this could set some precedent
0: yes i think there's much more attention on the matter because it's liverpool and because they were well in the game they could have beaten spurs i think of course there would have been media coverage if it was a luton or an everton or a west ham or a bournemouth whoever but i I think this could be taken to new heights right because it's liverpool or it would be the same if it was a united right they just draw much more attention so I think you're right. It's not going to be replayed, Uh, but I think maybe the VAR uh, sort of workflow, if you will, the way they do things, is going to be seriously, seriously looked at, and it should be, and it should have been looked at for a while, right? Because this isn't the first time. This is really bad, but we've seen issues way too many times this season already, right? And we're what five, six games in, so it's it's just it needs to be looked at in one way or another. Um, And maybe this is the tipping point for VAR.
1: Yeah, I think the debate is you know, would you have taken without VAR the odd human error or this, where it's like the problem is this, this was supposed to eliminate human error, but it's actually just providing more opportunity for human error. Because when it's a simple offside call, split second judgment, you know, that can be down to that's a hard thing to do. Like we've seen wrong calls all the time. And for the most part, VAR has eliminated that part of the game, but it's just at what cost mm. is the odd, like how, like how often is there a howler mm. and then VAR helps? I mean, it's, it, now we're just seeing more of this toenail stuff. And is that, is that really what VAR was brought up to do? No. So no. now the argument has shifted for VAR, and I think a lot of people are coming back to the fact that maybe we should just trust the refs and we have to accept the odd human error, and that's how things have to work from now on. Um, but we'll see. It was a massive story um, at the weekend for Liverpool and VAR. Not good. Moving on to United, who continue to just fail to gain any sort of consistency. Uh, they beat Palace at home in the, FA, in the League Cup, rather, uh, pretty convincingly. Probably a, a, ch- a different strength of, of side for Palace. Their B team probably played that game. But it was a brilliant goal from uh, Anderson Anderson, who, who's a center back I really like for Palace, Uh, And United just, again, could not muster anything going forward. And I think questions, even more questions now, are starting to be asked of Ten Hag. You know, we talked about the board trusting Ten Hag, but now I think the question now focused more on him. And the question is, how much time will he have? How much time will he be given to iron out some of these, I don't know if you want to call them growing pains or whatnot, but something's not right going forward and they're not scoring enough goals. How much time does he have, you know, to turn this around.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with United. They actually, they're not Chelsea. They don't sack immediately. Yeah. You know, Ollie was there for a while. Uh, you know, everybody gets some time. And I think Ten Hag will get that time. Uh, and I think that's actually the correct decision because I think the signs are there. We saw what he can do last season. There's just so much turmoil going yeah. on at United. Yes, he is accountable for some of what's going on. Yes, the players are accountable. Yes, the board is accountable. We've discussed this at length, right? For me, sacking and bringing in another manager doesn't solve the no. issue. It starts at the top. Uh, and and the squad is half decent. It's injury-riddled. That's a huge issue. I think that is a factor in what we're seeing. I think there's a lot of new pieces to the puzzle that are settling in. Your Mason Mounts, your Rasmus Hoylands. Yeah. Your right side is a joke right now. There's nobody really there. Martinez is out for, I think they're playing Amrabat at left back, who actually is doing okay but isn't a left back. That's really not where you want him. So, I think we have to look a little bit deeper than just Ten Hawks getting it straight up wrong. The players have to do more for me. The players are there, and he has to get more out of the players, right? Tons of possession. Not a lot of XG, not a lot of big chances created. That's where my concern is. Yeah. They aren't doing much with their possession, kind of like what we've been saying about Chelsea, actually, yeah. which we'll get on to, I'm sure. But I think he needs to get more attacking production out of this team. How he does it, it's it's tricky because he's got a lot of new guys to integrate. You know, Polistri's coming in on the right. Hoyland's new up front. He's a young player developing.
1: Rashford does not look good this season.
0: Rashford is not in good form. So... Something has to give for United. Yeah, I
1: think with Ten Hag and how much time he has, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the takeover um, because the longer the Glazers kind of prolong this process, I think he'll remain in charge unless things get really bad. Yeah. Um, however, I think if they get sold, the new ownership is probably going to want their own guy. So Ten Hag is kind of destined to fail here. Um I think last year was a massive encouraging sign. Had the takeover happened right after the end of last season, I don't think they would have brought someone new in. But if they come in and they see this struggling team, with this manager that clearly there's fractures in that dressing room, whether it be McGuire and, and that lot and Shaw and, you know, the Brunos of the world and the Delos of the world, there seems to be not, not everyone's on the same page. So if new ownership comes in and sees that, they're going to get rid of him i think just cuz for their own like their own sanity they're going to want their own guys like, we we brought this guy not wasn't, this was the old regime this was ten, their their choice not ours mm-hmm. so in that sense i worry for ten hag um, and like you said it's a lot of it is down to him some of it, it, the the lack of offensive output is down to him but you can't talk about that without talking about the turmoil off the pitch whether it's sancho or antony or or whoever else uh, even Ronaldo going back to, to last year. And it's it's hard to separate the two. But you kind of have to. You have to look on the pitch tactically. What can he do better? Um, and for that reason, I, I I question how long he will be here. Um, but that goes back to the yeah. ownership
0: issue. Yeah, and the ownership as well. <laughs> Let's say the Qataris come in or somebody comes in. Yeah. We could see the flip. We could see them saying, what is all this Deadwood doing here? I don't care if we're taking a loss on Maguire – we need to get rid of these guys, and we'll give you who you need. Yeah. So we could see that, too, or we could see you're right. We could see the what the Saudis did. Steve Bruce, not good enough. No. Eddie Howe, you're in. Right? Yep. We, so it could go one it of two ways. That, yeah.
1: All right, moving on to City. Uh, thankfully, we have something else to talk about other than the City win. They lost away to Wolves. Uh, Pedro Neto, uh, great performance, caused Ruben Diaz own goal. Huang Hee Chan scored the winner. Uh, Pep in the press conference was doing his, his usual like trying to hype up the other team and yeah. actually referred to Hwang as the Korean guy. And he's, <laughs> he went on to score the winner, which is just loved to see. I love that. Um, Wolves are a bit of a bogey team for City. They, they won are. at the Etihad a few years ago. They've got the odd performance in them. Your boy Gary O'Neill. I mean Bournemouth with Iriola are in the mud right now. Gary O'Neal hey. is getting these Portuguese boys going. I want to give a special shout-out to my boy Craig Dawson who locked up Holland. Uh, he, he loves it. Holland, you know, <laughs> went missing in this one. But City, they lost. They dropped points. Is there a chance this is the start of the title race properly now, in that they've dropped points? Other teams I've seen they're not invincible, and they can kick on, maybe get some confidence in that, because on the same game week, you know, Arsenal went away to Bournemouth and won 4 0.
0: This is the, the time to get at City. They yeah. have injuries. Rodri's not on the team. You see what a difference it makes when he's not in the team, right? So this is the time. Do Arsenal play them next? That's next. We're going to get into our preview for that. Huge, yeah. right? So this is the time to get at them. You're right. It, Wolves tend to beat City yeah. more often uh, than you'd think. Wolves and Palace. Those are the t- <laughs> And Palace always beat United, which we yeah. you know. Uh So Nunes and Kovacic really didn't have the impact, I think, that Pep would have wanted in this game. No. I mean, listen. <laughs> City, I mean, the momentum was with them, right? I mean, they just couldn't get it over the line, and Wolves hit them, and 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 they hit them with two goals. And it wasn't Adama Traore this time; it yeah. was it was the Korean guy. So, you know, it, shit happens. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's not time to panic. Obviously, if you're City, uh, but if you're Arsenal and if you're Liverpool, you're looking like at this like, saying, okay, pounds. all right, they're not invincible, like no. you said. We have to keep picking up points, and they might just drop a few while Rodri's out of the team, while De Bruyne is out of the team. Yeah, so that's where that you have could to be, be thinking. That could if be you're crucial. if you're Liverpool and if you're Arsenal, I don't really see any other challengers at the moment. I think it's those two. Yeah, uh, you know, Newcastle, eh, Chelsea, definitely not. You know, we don't Spurs. have to go through it. Spurs. I think let's there. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Right? So they, you know, we we know the history of Spurs yeah. when it comes to the history trophies. of the Tottenham. So <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I mean, City. Listen, they just they just couldn't really buy more than one goal in this game. It was, you know, one of those. I think I think that happens. You know, we saw them lose to like Norwich a few years ago. Yeah. they just couldn't quite do it. Yeah. Uh, so teams teams will beat them once in a blue moon, right? And when they no have injuries. No pun intended. Yeah. There you go. And when they have injuries, it might be more than that. And that's what the hope of Liverpool and Arsenal will be.
1: Yeah, I think Arsenal, this is a massive weekend for them. After the North London derby, there were injury questions over Saka, over Rice. All of a sudden, you're looking like, oh my god, if this goes bad, this could go bad quickly. They make the game against Bournemouth. They win 4-0. Havertz gets a goal. Didn't... felt a bit forced that he was given the penalty. I was like, all right, go get your goal Kai mm-hmm. and feel better about this. Hmm. But to have City lose the same game week, I think it's big because they were just starting to p- thoughts whether it was from us or whoever in the media saying, you know, this could get away from Arsenal pretty quickly given the way City look and the way Arsenal haven't been as good as they looked at the beginning of last season. Now, you have a couple key injuries, you play City next after a loss This could be a huge turning point because, I mean, it's a long season and still early. And I think if Arsenal lose against City, it's not the end of the world. But this is a huge opportunity for them to be like, all right, we're still here. Rice Mm. is here. Sokka's here. We've still got guys that can do it. And we're going to show it to you against City because last year it just wasn't there. Uh, But we'll get into a a, a predictions to that in a a second. Uh, Final word on City. I think Pep... Likes to be snide. He likes to play the kind of comedic role in his press conferences sometimes. You know, when he's they smash a team 5-0 and he says, oh, it was the hardest game of all year. Something (laughs) like that. Yeah, I think
0: he called Everton the best team in transition in the league. (laughs) It's like, just shut up. He always loves giving credit. Yeah, he does.
1: He does, trying to just big himself up to make his performances look better, which is not needed. But you come against Wolves' team, I think, good for them. I think a lot of people... Early in the year, we're looking at O'Neal and the sacking, and like they were going to be doomed. But they've got players there. I'm not going to mention them again. The but yeah. Ballon Dawson, Craig Dawson, he's a stalwart at the back. Pedro Neto, we know what he can do. He's struggled for fitness he for a needs long to, time. He, he needs, needs to, be to be good for consistent. Them.
0: He, uh, we, they that's yeah. their guy that, yeah. that needs to hit form,
1: and he has been a big win for them. Good for them. Yeah. Speaking of big wins, uh, at the expense of your beloved Toffees, Luton Town picked up their first ever premier league win on the road i think they got out xg'd like three and a half to one scored off a couple set pieces but that's how they're gonna do it
0: that's how they're gonna do it and And it it was always gonna be against everton (laughs) we are that team it's so (laughs) frustrating it's just classic everton and deitch is right this is the narrative the story that the team needs to start changing lou never won a game Income Everton, it's just typical. It happened in it happened in Ted Lasso in the first yeah. season. They were like, "Oh, we never beat Everton," and yeah. then like, eh, you know, and then they beat us. So listen, we played them off the park in the first twenty minutes. We played some really good stuff. It was just like the Brentford and Villa game. Then you concede a poor goal from a corner, and then you concede an even worse goal from a, a free kick, leaving their only threat open at the back post. How that happens, I don't know. Deitch will be fuming. So that second goal should never have happened. We managed to squeak one in, show a bit of fight, get back in the game. Second half, just couldn't really get that momentum back from the first 20 minutes. Listen, the fans are furious, and I understand why. But at the same time, you can't be calling for Deitch's head. You can't. Because, one, there's no point, because we don't have any money to pay him off with and get rid of him (laughs) and bring in someone else. (laughs) So there's no point. Two, the signs are there. He can't put the ball in the net for the players, right? Like, yes, he keeps pointing to XG, and people are like, oh, enough with this XG. It's like... If this was like Eddie Howe or somebody yeah. progressive pointing actually, you'd be all over or it. Or Brighton.
1: I saw a meme. Yeah. It was the Everton badge with the Brighton seagull on it, because Brighton played Brighton for years, but that no was one was, was saying, oh, Brighton, what a bad club. It was like, alright, once they get the striker, or produce, they get they're the going to be really good, and now look at them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And listen, we were not Brighton, but no. we've been playing some good stuff, and we've been creating a lot of chances, especially in the first 20 minutes. Yes, we struggled to get back from 2-0 down. I think that's that'll happen. What frustrates fans is the home record. We haven't won a game at home this season. That's not good enough. But we've played well in parts, right? There, Yes, there was a spell in this game where we didn't play that well, and Luton frustrated us. But that, you know, credit to Luton, and we're going to have to adapt. We haven't played a team like them yet, right? This is a new look Everton side still. Calvert-Lewin's just coming back in, right? Beto and Calvert-Lewin up front, they've never played together. So that didn't, that's going to take time to gel when they inevitably end up uh up front at the same time that was never gonna work immediately right this thing takes time right it takes time to get a good team and I'm just sick of the overreaction the negative that I see on Twitter from some fans who are like we're crap Deitch is crap we're going it's like what there's no point in why you know we've played some decent stuff like were you not watching the last three games yeah. like we smoked brentford and villa it, was a good, two it good just games, we yeah. conceded two poor goals and that can be addressed on the training pitch i'm sure it will be so listen the underlying numbers are there i think we'll be okay if we take our chances i've said it a million times if we scored two out of three of the xg it, we would have been level right and if we didn't leave carlton morris open we might have even what won. a player so it just it comes down to fine margins we didn't take our chances we hit the post hit the bar you know, you name it, it was one of those days, and yeah. Deitch is right, and maybe part of it's on him, but I think it's going to take time to change the story, right? That's what he was getting at his press conference. Luton haven't won, Income Everton, we can't be losing these no. types of games. This has plagued Everton for years, and it's not going to take, uh, it's going to take a while to, to change that mentally and and physically, tactically on the pitch, because the players, frankly, may not have the bottle to get in there and, and change the narrative mm-hmm. mid-game. I'm hopeful that it'll come eventually, but right now, we saw it's not quite there. Luton bullied us a little bit, and credit to them, they won the game fair and square, and, and we need to be better, defensively especially.
1: Yeah, interesting stuff you brought up there. I think West Ham struggled uh, in recent years. They kind of were that team. Um and, and Moyes has kind of done a good job of just beating the teams you're supposed to beat. And like that'll get mm. you, that'll that'll give you mid-table, and then you progress from there. So that's kind of got to be the next goal for Everton. Uh, moving on to Chelsea, who played yesterday in a bit of a West London derby against Fulham. They finally won. Mudrick finally scored. It was a nice goal, nice finish after a ball from Colwell. Uh, but they converted a couple of chances. The midfield looked a bit more balanced, and we're starting to see um, some progression under Pochettino. Uh, I think the big thing with Pochettino here is getting some fitness back. I think those those games they dropped when, when Caicedo was out didn't look great. Enzo, I thought, had a great game, who despite you know the woeful performances over his tenure, he's looked pretty consistently solid for the money they paid for him. Um, and you got Brogia back in place of Jackson. I, I don't mind Brogia. Do I think he's Chelsea's number nine? No. Do I think he could actually do a better job than Jackson right now? Maybe you've seen it in, in spurts at, at Southampton, but an encouraging sign for Chelsea just to pick up a win on the road against a rival—that's uh, crucial if they're going
0: to get out of this rut. Yeah, they needed that, right? They needed to go to Fulham, beat them, and say, "Oh, Fulham, you're not even a rival to us. We're Chelsea. We're massive, right?" They—they they needed that morale boost. And you're right; the midfield looked a lot better, it looked way more balanced. Enzo Gallagher, Caicedo, just run with that. Just keep the four-three-three. Don't have Enzo. Playing in this 10 space, Just keep it simple. Cole Palmer, ugh, I can never get his name right. Cole Palmer <laughs> looked good on the yeah, right, I thought. Yeah. He looked really, really dangerous. The funny thing is with Chelsea, I don't think we need to go into the ownership, but no. it's just like <laughs> you've spent a billion and you've got Mudrick, Broja, and Palmer as your front three. That's just like, that's yeah, how what's is that stupid. But in terms of on the pitch, happy for Mudrick to get a goal. You know, he, he actually. bad for him. He, he, he looked decent. Goal aside, he. He looked more confident, right? He was running at uh, whoever the defender was, Castagna. So he looked into it. He looked more confident, which I think is positive. I was confused by Sterling didn't start, but, you know, hey, Mojic got the goal and Palmer looked good. So fair enough. And it was a
1: front three. And, yeah. Yeah, it was
0: a proper front three.
1: Can Sterling play the false nine role Mm. in that front three? I don't know.
0: I think you need someone to just bounce it off of up yeah. there. You know, I yeah. just think you need something to aim at. I don't think they're as free, thr- free flowing as a city yeah. were a couple years ago. I just Sterling, they're yeah. they're nowhere near that. It's no. so hard to play with a false nine, man. Yeah. You really uh, Sterling, as highly as I rate him, I think it's it's one thing playing that role in a city, city team. It's another story. thing playing in this in this new Pochettino Chelsea team. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, positives defensively again they've actually been pretty good defensively this season Cole at left back again i'm not in love with it but he had a really nice ball for the goal so fair enough positive for chelsea they really needed it but um again i think just don't get ahead of yourselves again the front three mudrick broja palmer it's not going to get you for me top three top four no not it's not going to happen no so patience I hope the Chelsea fans will give Pochettino patience. We know he's a good manager. Uh, I think you you have no choice but to back him. Obviously, I mean it's just like ridiculous if you don't. At this, it's it's way too early uh, to even think about that. And 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 a lot of the players are there, but I still think. (laughs) And it's crazy saying this after they spent a billion. Pieces of the puzzle uh, still need to be bought. Frankly, and
1: but fitness is a massive issue. I mean, fitness is an issue. Chilwell and James. You just can't You can't think of them as your starting two fullbacks because they're never fit. Reese James played 70 minutes as Chelsea captain the first game of the season. We haven't seen him in over a month. Ben Chilwell is out for two months with a hamstring injury. I mean, at some point, you just have to call it what it is. They are injury-prone players, and the signing of Gusto was a good one because you can't rely on Reese James, and maybe Cucurella is going to have to be the guy at left back or it's going to have to be Colwell because... I mean, something has to be done. Who knows what the issue is. It just it's, it sucks to see because they're two quality fullbacks who, at their best, can really do a good job of the Premier League. But you just can't rely on them. No, Simple as
0: that. It's unfortunate.
1: Uh, all right, last bit of talk on the Premier League. Massive game coming up, as we referenced just now. Arsenal hosting Man City. Uh, if I had to make a prediction for Arsenal hosting City, I think... I'm edging towards Arsenal, and I think last week's result against Wolves for City really is dictating that. But I think just from a mentality standpoint, Arteta and Arsenal have to realize what an opportunity this is to just get one over on City after the way they caught them at the end of last year and the way they beat them in the head-to-head performances. There's no Rodri. There's no De Bruyne. There's no Grealish. There's none of those guys there right now. No Stones. If you can get at them, use the Emirates crowd to your advantage. You've got Rice. You've got the new booster there. Uh, You've got Saka fit on the wing. Jesus is back. I know there's no Martinelli, maybe no Trossard, um, but the pieces are there for Arsenal to pick up a huge win. Early in the season, could you make it back-to-back losses for City? Even at this stage, that's big. City don't lose back-to-back games. Uh, They've got a midweek Champions League game. They both do. Arsenal are against Lonto, so you'd like to think they can rotate. It's just a massive opportunity for Arsenal. I think they take it. I think they've finally beat City at home.
0: I tend to agree with you, actually, which is I don't think both of us would have said that Arsenal are going to beat City yeah. uh, when we were predicting games you know, at the start of the season. But it seems like almost a perfect storm yeah. for them. And listen, <laughs> it could blow up in their face because City are just that team. Yeah. You know, They still have guys who can beat you all over the pitch. But you'd like to think – I think Arsenal are just so confident right now. Mm. I mean, when was the last time they even lost a game, right? So they're – have they lost a game this season? No. No, they haven't. So unbeaten this season, uh, unbeaten in the Champions League probably once they take yep. care of Lawn, you like to think. So the momentum is building. Yep. Now is the time. You'd like to think that they can get it done.
1: Yeah, you'd like to think that. And I think momentum and kind of just – City have been so good in recent years because it just all seems – formulaic. Like it's just like, all right, it's one week into the next. It doesn't matter who's playing. Arsenal have to adapt that mentality. Uh and I think they are starting to under Arteta. There's no secret that he's, you know, modeled his managerial style after Pep, even the players he's gone out and signed. Um to maybe to his detriment the start of this year, the way he's tinkering. But if Arsenal can become city like that's yeah. how you compete with them. Yeah. It's, that's kind of the formula right. you have to follow. <laughs> if you
0: can't beat them, you know. <laughs> Copy them. Copy them, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the midfield going to be huge in this game. Yep. I think they can get at right. Nunez, Kovacic, and Alvarez. Yeah. That's. I mean, they can get at those guys. Rice,
1: especially, is going to have
0: a big game. Rice needs to Partey, cement his Partey's presence. Partey's
1: actually, I heard, he, he might play in the Champions League. I don't think he'll be fit enough to start against City, but... You know, him being on his way back yeah. is big, too. They need that, yeah. The last thing you would want is is Jorginho in this game, which we oh saw God. at the end of last year. Yeah. All right, let's move into uh, some Champions League talk to finish out the show. A couple of, of cheeky fixtures coming up. I want to start with the group of death. Newcastle, we've been talking about this game for months now, it seems like. They're hosting PSG in the Champions League. Mbappe and co. are coming to St. James's Park Dan Byrne's gonna have to do his best <laughs> <laughs> against Mbappe and Dembele. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to this spectacle. I don't know about you tactically. It's yeah. gonna be a fun game to watch. I think it'll be end to end because Newcastle probably gonna try their chances on the break against the Lewis Enrique Luis Enrique team who's gonna wanna dominate possession. But you know, what are you what are you looking forward to for this matchup?
0: I hope Newcastle will go for it. And okay. I think they will at home. I think PSG will dominate the ball, but I think Newcastle We'll just take a few risks on the break, and maybe they they get something. Maybe they nick a goal, you know, which would just be great for the fans, even if they lose, just to see, you know, Miguel Almiron score against (laughs) PSG. I mean, like, that would just be awesome. But, I mean, if you're PSG, despite the narrative and, you know, the the hype around Newcastle, you have to go there and get the job done, right? I mean, it doesn't matter home or away. They should be looking to win every game in this group. I'm sure they are. And they're looking okay. They're, I mean, their form is—they look—I I think it's going to take time for Enrique to really cement his ideas. Yeah. But I think some signs are there, right? The front three I like. I think I, that's really dynamic. Mbappe's mm. finally playing wide, which he's been moaning about that he wants a striker to play off of. He's, he's got, got Kolo Muani. Yeah. Uh, Dembele is great if he can stay fit. We know he's had injury issues, but he's fit. Uh, so if that front three is fit and firing, they're going to cause any team in Europe trouble.
1: And they've been missing that defensive midfielder who's really got quality. Yeah. And Manuel Ugarte, the guy they got from Sporting this year, he's got the quality. We'll see if he can do it at the very highest level. You know, we saw him control the game against Dortmund. We'll see if they can do it against a solid midfield. Yeah, Newcastle, Bruno. They'll be organized, Bruno, Newcastle. Bruno, and whether it's Joelton or Longstaff, who's actually been playing well, which is crazy to say that Sean
0: Longstaff is playing. I Champions remember League. when Mark Goldbridge was just moaning on YouTube about United linked with Sean Longstaff. Yeah. He'd take him in a heartbeat now. Yeah. <laughs> he'd take him. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't know if, if Goldbridge would. He's very picky. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, he, he wouldn't because he'd stick to his, you know, guns. Yeah. But yeah. I think United, they would have him as an yeah. option. Maybe. Go, I mean, you're comparing Longstaff and McTominay. Similar. I would take long Longstaff.
1: Yeah. I think the interesting thing about this Newcastle PSG game is going to be the crowd. I think we spoke about the quality PSG has in attack, but part of me just thinks they're going to come out to those Geordies with their <laughs> shirts off, with their flags, and they're going to be bricking it. You know, yeah. you've got the I Toon mean, army in full force. Don't underestimate the French atmosphere. Yeah, I know. They I, have to go to Marseille. I like, know. You know it's, like, it's tough. It could be. It's it's going to we'll be see. amazing to see. I can't wait. I know my friend Diego Pepe was commenting on one of our posts. He thinks Dan Byrne's going to have a field day against him. <laughs> but we're going to find out. Yeah. We'll see if is ready. Could Diego's be Matt Target, maybe. You know. Yep, could be, could be Target. Could be whoever plays. Uh, we'll see if Jacob Murphy gets another start. That was just comical seeing his a huge grin on his face as the Champions <laughs> League music played at the San Siro. It's insane. Uh, just crazy for it's them. insane. Uh, another English team hosting a must-win game in the Champions League. United hosts this new-look Galatasaray with Zaha and Icardi and uh, some, other, some other pieces like Mertens. Um Zaha scored his first goal at the weekend for Galatasaray. He's gonna score, man. He's got to. I'd like to think <laughs> he's, he's gonna, gonna start. Do it. Yeah. He's
0: gonna score. I just know it. Yeah, United, man. They need a win. They just they need it really, really bad. Yeah. I think this is. I haven't watched Galatasaray play this season, but it's just got banana skin written <laughs> all, all kickoffs over in about it. twenty minutes. So oh, we're gonna get it on after yeah, this. Then got yeah. to. <laughs> I just think United
1: need something in the Champions League because. Under Ten Hog last year, they were so good at home, and it just seems like that form has kind of just gone out the window. Um, and they need something, and this is the game to do it. If you're gonna have any chance, if they don't, if they don't pick up three points, you can kiss getting out of the group goodbye. I think yeah. it's gonna take a, a, some crazy and results just, on the road. I don't
0: think they have the mental capacity to come back from that. Yeah, that's what they seem. They don't seem mentally strong. No.
1: I think that's a good point. I think when things are going well and Rashford's scoring and Bruno's playing well and the defense is solid, they're able to keep that momentum going. But when they get hit with a a counter punch or something, they can see it early on, they don't have that ability to bounce back. I think that's a good point. I think that's partially on Ten Hag on developing – you know what Klopp calls a men- Like a me- the mentality monsters. He mm. calls his teams, and I don't think United had that. I think that's a good point, and that, that kind of stems from this mercenary-like attitude. You know, it's United; it's the biggest club in the world. Yeah. You have to make sure Look that re- you're, re- yeah, yeah. you're recruiting the right types of players, I characters, think they, characters. I think that's what Klopp does. I think they have that in Hoyland. I think he looks. Yeah, hungry. he's up for it. I think Martinez, even though he's injured last year, looked oh, yeah. like that kind of guy. Totally. Whether and, you know, I mean Casemiro has that, but you're re- you're really looking at guys like Rashford to be it's like, okay, you want a new contract? You got. You're getting paid 350 grand a week. You're homegrown. You are the guy. You need Take to carry this team on your back when things aren't going well, I and mean, we just haven't seen that. This year, thus far, and and the, this game coming up against Galatasaray is a it's a big opportunity against a Turkish league defense. You have to fancy your chances. Yeah. You need goals. You need wins. And this is a huge game, must win for United. I think. Agreed. All right, last bit of uh, talk we're gonna go into here. Uh, Napoli, bit of controversy going on. Don't know if you saw this. Yeah. With uh, their star striker, Victor this Ossiman. This could be huge for them It could be. good way. It looks like they've kind of rode out the storm, but they posted a couple controversial TikToks uh, that Ossiman and his team claimed were racially motivated, yeah. did not like at but all. was that were... like
0: coconut shrimp? Yes. What are you thinking, social media I, yeah. guy? I mean, come on. It. Yeah. yeah, it's a shambles. And
1: so. that opened up a huge can of worms because Ossiman's been like the striker. The issue is he's going to cost you 150 to 175 million. If this causes a fracture in the relationship, he's going to be way could cheaper, be right
0: on the market. Uh, and, yeah, you're in right. ja- as soon
1: as January too, that could be a huge story. I mean, he's
0: the f- one of the faces of Syria right now. It's yeah. a huge, huge blow yeah. for Napoli, especially if they don't get the fee that they were originally looking for. Yeah,
1: but it does look like the relationship has been mended. Ausman released a statement saying how, you know, he didn't, he didn't take it not too seriously but it, it, it hasn't ruined the relationship yet mm. uh but we'll see if that if that relationship yeah, is tested in january uh but they're hosting madrid uh madrid lost i think uh, two weekends ago uh to atletico it's the champions league we know what they can do this should be a fascinating game obviously napoli aren't quite at uh, the level they were last year but this should be an interesting game because i feel like ossemen that Real Madrid number 9 with Benzema gone, you know, you'd know, you think Osmian is one of the guys they're going to be looking to get next summer. Everyone's going to be looking to get him. Uh, this should be an interesting matchup, I think. What If you had a prediction to make, do you like Jude and Madrid, or do you like Victor and Napoli?
0: I, I like Madrid, um, despite the fact that it's in Naples. I think Madrid might just flex their muscles here, take advantage of sort of the controversy around Napoli. It might be a little bit unstable right now in Naples. So I think they show up, and, you know, it it wasn't a convincing win against Union. I think they have a little bit something to prove that, hey, we're a young team, but we can get the job done. You know, we can top this group. And I think they might just flex their muscles and and take care of Napoli.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm looking out uh, for Osman to make the impact, but I I think Madrid or a tie uh, draw maybe. I'm looking at Jude, though, again. He scored another goal the weekend. Vinny is back. Uh, That... Offensive firepower for Madrid, you know, Napoli lost Kim Min-Jay this summer. Uh, we'll see if they can they can deal with Madrid. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting one because Real never really dominate the ball uh, in these kind of games. They It's kind of a free-flowing game, and they've just got that quality to punish you. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be up to the, the individual battles and the moments, I think, which is kind of the name of the game mm. in the Champions League. So it's going to be an interesting matchup uh, in that group. The two heavyweights in that group were both favored to go through. Uh, If Napoli want to win the group, maybe get a potentially easier round of 16 draw, they're going to have to win this game probably. Mm -hmm. Um, So all eyes on that one. All right, I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode. Next time, uh, we're going to have BU men's soccer head coach Kevin Nyland back on the pod uh, making his second appearance. So be sure to look out for that one. Not sure when that one will get uploaded, but be on the lookout for that. As always, uh, go sub to uh, follow our TikTok. Uh, Share that, our YouTube Clips channel, all that stuff. Harrison's been working hard uh, growing that. So uh, until then, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.